Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi everybody, this is Jerry Bryant, and welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show, bringing you back to where it all began. And on this show, I'll literally do just that, because I'm going to feature the classic album Upon This Rock from the grandfather of contemporary Christian music, Larry Norman. Now, you know, it's hard to overestimate the importance of Larry Norman's Upon This Rock in the history of Christian music. This album clearly is the first overtly Christian rock album, and it's also a collection of compelling, superbly crafted songs. He brought a mixture of reverence and rebellion to his solo debut, spreading word of an impending judgment day in the midst of war and moral decadence, Larry depicts this theme most eloquently in I Wish We'd All Been Ready, an internationally frightening look at the coming apocalypse that went on to become a Christian music standard. The album has its moments of comic relief as well with Moses in the Wilderness, sunny Jesus music, pop ditties like Sweet Sweet, Song of Salvation, and cautionary offerings like Forget Your Hexagram which spoke to the psychedelic generation without sacrificing their spiritual gravity. Larry shifted between orchestra arrangements and stripped-down acoustic settings to present these songs of warning, joy, and hope. A departure point for the 1970s Jesus movement, it remains a powerful work even to this day. The album was first released in 1969 on the Capitol Records label, and then later in 1970, re-released, and some re-recording done for the Benson label. More about what happened later on in the program. It's the tracks from the 1970 release that I'm going to feature on this episode. So, let's go back 40 years to the foundation of Jesus music that was laid down upon this rock. Starting off, You Can't Take Away the Lord a song that's a defiant stance against Satan himself. It's a litany of material possessions which can be taken from us without really affecting the nature of life itself. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Not the ruins of our house, our home life, not death, not divorce, not bankruptcy. It's an announcement of Larry's personal beliefs and serves as a preamble to the varied discussions and propositions which he introduces throughout the rest of the album. With a beatnik meets rock and roll sound, Larry Norman, and you can't take away the Lord. You can take away my kids, take away my wife, take away my job, you can take away my life, you can take away my house, take away my Satan, you just can't take away the church or the Bible book unless you want to waste your time. You better take 
take a second look Cause you can't take away my shield Can't take away my sword And you can't take away the Lord Well, said there may be things that we can lose in life either taken or given up through wrong decisions but there's one thing that's for sure you can't take away the Lord we're taking a look at the classic album upon this rock from Larry Norman and next is a song which contends with the aspects of doubt and faith an examination of the fluctuation of certainty which faces many people who find themselves poised on the edge of conversion to Christianity. They want to reach out across the chasm of hope and grab onto God's hand, but they're haunted by certain self-doubts with questions like, is this really what I'm ready to do? Am I going to stick with this? And what if I step forward and there's nothing there? What if God doesn't really want me? What if I'm just responding emotionally? What if there is no God? Can such a wonderful thing really be happening? Is this just all my imagination? Do you suppose a miracle could happen to me? Now here are some more insights from Larry that were in the liner notes of the album. He said, I wanted people to realize that the kind of doubts that they had were something they weren't experiencing alone. These kind of doubts can both be a product of Satan's campaign against them and the logic of their own intelligence. And it is at this moment, at the crossroads, the people find themselves the most unsure. And it is at this moment that they're most imbued with the grace to make that leap of faith. God will be there. He'll catch them. He'll take their hand. And he'll give them salvation. The second song from Upon This Rock. I don't believe in miracles. I don't believe in miracles. I know what's real. I don't pretend. I don't believe in miracles or stories with a happy end. Life is no one's friend. But when we met, I felt so free. And suddenly I felt a change come over me. Do you suppose a 
around I've seen enough The only way to get along You must be strong You must be tough Life is one big love But then you opened up the door Don't believe in miracles I know what's real I don't pretend I don't believe in miracles Or stories with a happy end Life is no one's friend But then we met and suddenly Speaking of miracles, Larry wrote our next featured song when he was about nine years old. And here are some of the things he had to say about a song called Moses in the Wilderness. He said, it's a song I wrote for my Sunday school education, written very early in my evolution as a writer, but compared to some of the immature songs written before and after this composition, it seems to have held up pretty well. It got me into a bit of trouble with the people who thought of Christianity as being a very serious thing, and they were not very amused at any level. And as usual, I wasn't trying to cause trouble or rebel against any tradition. I just was merely expressing my beliefs in a way that I thought communicated something real. In this case, the perspective of a young child toward the memorable stories told us every Sunday, trying to puzzle out the purpose and the meaning of God in the lives of those who followed him. A concert favorite in which he would recreate the origins of the song, The Very Funny Story, from his Sunday school days. Larry Norman and Moses in the Wilderness. Moses tending sheep in the fields one day. He thought he heard a burning scrub brush say, Gotta free your people from the Pharaoh's hand. Gotta take them all to the promised land. Moses knew that God was talking to him, so he set off to Egypt with a vigor and vim. And Moses bugged the Pharaoh, he bugged him and he bugged him, till he got his people freed. 
use real bugs. Yes, indeed. Ow, ow. He got his people freed. Ow, ow, ow. Moses on the banks of the wide Red Sea. He stuck out a stick and one, two, three. The water rolled back and the people walked down. Everybody knew they wouldn't drown. Pharaoh told his army to bring them all back and here come the chariots, clickety clack. While Moses took his stick and he closed up the water and Egyptians all took a bath. Ow, 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 ow! What a laugh! Ow, they all took a bath. Ow, 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 ow! Ow, 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 ow! Dirty Egyptians! Grab my foot, shake my hand, lead me on to the promised land. So keep on sending matter from the atmosphere. Milk and After 40 long years in the wilderness, they finally saw their potential metropolis. They all gave thanks and they all praised the Lord. Even though it took time, he kept his word. He grabbed their foot and he took their hand and he brought them all over to the promised land. But it seems to me like an awful long time to be looking for a home. Ow, 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 a mighty long road home. Looking for a home, a home, a home. Never borrow money needlessly. <laughs> Ever feel like Moses in the wilderness? Take courage. There is a promised land. When I started in Christian radio back in 1972, like many other Jesus music pioneers, I felt I was in a wilderness of sorts. Nothing really had been established. We didn't know where we were going, but we knew we had to sing and play the songs about Jesus. And I had the opportunity to play them on underground rock stations, about a hundred of them. They tolerated Jesus freaks back then. God just supplied all my needs as we journeyed this new path. There wasn't much support, but we did what we did. It's much the same today. We play the music and do what we do, and God provides help along the way. Maybe you'd like to partner with this show and help us. If so, go to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com and watch my video, and then do whatever you feel the Lord tells you to do. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Larry Norman. You're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Looking back to where it all began. This is Jerry Bryant. Now, here are some insights from Larry Norman on the song 
Ha Ha World. When I was living alone in Hollywood in a one-bedroom apartment with a refrigerator inside a closet, I wrote this song, picturing myself as a man who was trying to fit into the world and finding no acceptance. Every day he tries to write a letter to the world, trying to achieve significance but never receiving any acknowledgement. He begins to despair, giving up hope of ever finding happiness. There is an intervention from a disembodied voice on the phone. It's an announcement, a prophetic disruption in his desperate existence. He tries to avoid the force of truth by escaping into his isolation, hangs up the phone, but finds himself in an alternate state, suddenly seeing himself as a sinner and a hedonist, and realizes that he's built his life in a wasteland, that his pursuit of materialism has burdened him and caused him to be hardened against kindness and patience. He sees that his pursuits have led him down a dead-end street. He begins crying out to God for help. He starts to see his life and human history in perspective, even coming to understand that God has devised an end, just as he created a beginning, that without a vision, the people perish. Without true understanding of spiritual truth, there is no cause for hope. He ends up praying and laying up treasures in heaven instead of the accumulation of worldly wealth, which leads to hopelessness. With another track from the album Upon This Rock, here's Ha Ha World, and coming up, one of Larry's most memorable songs about salvation, on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Ha Ha World, every day I used to write you a letter But you never Chicken is gone The receiver 
a man organizes his life the way he thinks it's best, and he goes through his life, and at the end of a portion of his life, he discovers he's not happy. Perhaps he discovers God. In this case, in Ha Ha World, he discovers God, and he discovers that without a vision, the people perish. Without God, the world can't hope to find peace. Full Circle. You're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant, where I'm featuring a look back at Larry Norman's classic LP, Upon This Rock. Now, back in the days of vinyl recordings, records had two sides, as opposed to the one-sided CD of today. And side two of my featured record, Larry Norman's Upon This Rock, starts off with Sweet, Sweet Song of Salvation. Now, here are some more of his thoughts about this particular song. I've always felt ambivalent about this song. I know that people like it, and I'm aware of how popular it has been in its own way preceding me around the world. I don't really enjoy singing it, but I do it so that the audience can clap to death and sing along. Perhaps I don't really respect this song because I wrote it in my sleep. At the time, I decided to give up music as a sacrifice to God, and instead of concentrating on my music, I was going up and down both sides of Hollywood Boulevard twice a day witnessing to people about Jesus. I felt that direct contact with people was superior to doing concerts because I saw such immediate results with my preaching and rarely perceived any response to my singing. Audiences used to sit there staring at me like this music was an alien language incomprehensible to their thinking. Only one or two people would come up and seem excited about what they'd heard and the rest of the audience, after clapping politely, would shuffle out of the concert hall and go home. The effects of preaching seemed so much more powerful as I I prayed with people right there on the sidewalk each day, so I vowed to give up music entirely, spend the rest of my life preaching, even locked up my guitar and tape recorder in the closet and devoted myself to the streets. One night, I found myself singing in my sleep. I woke up myself with the sound of my voice. I tried to dislodge the song from my mind, but could not. Finally, in desperation, I went to the closet, retrieved the tape recorder, and sang into it. That, having been done, made it possible for me to go back to sleep. A couple of weeks later, I remembered having made up a song in my sleep, and I was curious to see if it made any sense now that I was fully awake still believing it to be a faltering moment in my resolve, and even thinking that the devil was trying to coerce me into writing music again, I was quite surprised at how pathetic and manipulative the devil was, giving me a song which praised God, as a ruse for tricking me into going back into music once again. Well, it was only later I began wondering if perhaps God didn't want me to give up music and that it had been only something I was trying to stop doing. Bible says to test the spirits, see if they're from God. So I decided to try to write another song and see what it was like. And I wrote, I wish we had all been ready. It seemed quite unlike any song I'd ever written and different from any song I'd ever heard. So I wrote a few more songs. Ha Ha World was a very strange song, as was The Last Supper. Then Forget Your Hexagram came to me. And by now it dawned on me that possibly because I had completely given up my music to God, it was almost like he'd cleansed it and given it back to me. I'd changed during those months. My musical ability had been transformed without any effort on my part. 
So I gave up my decision to abandon music and incorporated it into my street preaching, sometimes singing for a passerby when I wasn't prowling the boulevard trying to discern who next to talk to. Well, we're all glad that Larry heard from the Lord to not give up music because he helped change countless numbers of lives with the songs he sang, including Sweet, Sweet Song of Salvation. Sweet Song of Salvation, the late Larry Norman. And one interesting thing to note is that when Larry went to re-record 
some of the songs for the Benson reissue in 1970, he invited some kids he had met to help overdub new vocals. Now, there was very limited track space, so they all sang the background harmonies together and clapped at the same time. There were only four of them, so to double the surface noise, they slapped their thighs instead of their palms and had a lot of fun on that one. The kids had never been into a studio before, were relatively new Christians, but soon they would go on to form their own group called the Second Chapter of Acts. And as another radio host used to say, now you know the rest of the story. Say, if you'd like to know more of the story of Full Circle and what we're trying to do, check out my webpage at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. You can peruse my photos from days gone by, links to other various Jesus music artists, and of course, an archive of past shows. I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the show so that each podcast downloads onto your iPod free. There's a subscribe button at the top. And while you're there, just check out my video, all at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. I'll be back with more of the story in a moment. Full Circle. Back to where it all began, with Full Circle. Forget your hexagram is a suggestion to people to not put their faith in hexagrams or gypsies or fortune tellers or astrology, but to put their faith in God. And if the stars are correct at all, it would be because God fixed them perfectly in the sky. So if you believe in astrology, forget it. Go beyond. Go to the source of the stars. Go to God. Forget your hexagram. You'll soon feel fine. Stop looking at the stars, you don't live under the signs. Don't mess with gypsies or have your fortune read. Keep your table on the floor and don't you listen to the dead. You can't hitchhike your way to heaven, the devil's closed the roads. You live on
This is Jerry Bryant, and we're reviewing the songs from a proven legacy from early Jesus music, a project entitled Up On This Rock by Larry Norman. Forget your hexagram, written as a byproduct of Larry Norman's street preaching. And here's what he had to say about the origins of the tune. I had known a man who was in bondage to the Chinese practice of I Ching and made his decisions based on throwing the coins and reading their symbols. And I'd met quite a few hippies who were obsessed with their horoscope readings and almost afraid to do anything or make any decisions without first consulting the stars. I wrote this song as a rebuke to all these false religions and superstitions. Now my next song from the album Upon This Rock has an interesting background as far as the recording process goes. Originally, when recording the track in the Capitol Studios, Larry Norman had a certain direction in his head for the sound of the song. When they began overdubbing onto the basic tracks, he became very sick with the flu for three or four days, and then he struggled back into the studio and was amazed to find that a new employee had convinced someone to let him continue producing the track without Larry's input. He'd never even been in a studio before. With a lingering bad co, he tried to finish some of the songs. And when it was all said and done, you can hear the effects of it, like the coughs on Moses in the Wilderness. But worst of all was at a private playback party for the album, he discovered that the song The Last Supper sounded, to his embarrassment, like Jim Morrison of The Doors immediately asked if he could re-record it, and he was told that the budget had been exhausted. So, the following year when Benson was going to re-release the album, he begged them for a chance to do some re-recording, and they gave him some time, but he had to pay for it himself. First, he got rid of the blaring horns, schizoid strings, and operatic women's voices, and then recorded the track with just a piano and a vocal track, and He wanted to capture the agony of a man who thinks he's arrived in heaven, only to realize that he's eternally doomed. It was also a tip of his hat to the pounding of the piano that he used to do as a young boy in the basement after church each Sunday, where he would uh, stay until his mother would find him and tell him it was time to walk home. So you have an idea what the original 1969 Capitol version sounds like, and we'll play the first verse from that session And then the rest of the song will be the 1970 re-recorded version the way that Larry intended it to sound. Here it is, The Last Supper. There was a pig on the table with a fig in his mouth And a snake crawled around the plate And when the wine turned to water and the bread turned to dust I knew I'd arrived too late It was the last
I came to the gates with invitation in hand And my old life left behind I came as soon as he called but long before I had planned Still I came prepared to I know what it means to me, but everyone who hears the song comes up and they tell me what the song means to them, and they've all got a different story. Perhaps this is uh, one of those art pieces like a, a crazy painting on the wall, and everyone says the painting means something else. To me, The Last Supper is about a man who thinks he's going to heaven because he's decided who God is, and he's made up all his own rules, and he's chosen his own lifestyle, but when he dies and he's called into the eternity, he finds out that the rules were a little different than he thought they were. He didn't choose to look into God's plan of salvation. He chose to save himself in his own way. Yeah, the rules were set down long ago when the spikes went in the wood. The word rules doesn't seem to fit the way I react toward situations. Oh, I don't believe we live under the law. We live now under grace and through faith. That doesn't destroy the law. If anything, that fulfills the law and goes beyond it. I don't, I don't try to, to keep a set of rules in my pocket. If I come into a situation, I pray and God hands out the rules or hands out the grace and the faith. Some rare audio, an old interview done for another early Jesus music radio show called Powerline. Now, here's another short soundbite from Larry about the song, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Well, I'd, I'd been going to church for a long time, and I never really heard that Jesus was coming back. But it was in the Bible, so I wrote a song about it. And in the next few years, people started actually talking about that a lot. The song went all over the world as though it was a folk song. A lot of people didn't even know I wrote it. They just thought, oh, this is a traditional song that's been around a long time, and and uh, so other people started recording it. It was used in a movie. It was, you know, it was translated into other languages. And uh, so, the, but the reason I wrote it is because I, I felt like it, I never heard a song about about it, where I, where I, you know, how I grew up. Larry also had this to say about this classic song. This one just seemed to flow out of me. I used very little effort in bringing the words and music together. Even lyrics like a piece of bread could buy a bag of gold seemed to come out of nowhere. I found it very hard to sing without crying. As gentle as the melody seemed, the lyrics had a severe authority to them. I finally stopped singing the song altogether because performing it bothered me so. But other people began singing it, and I could see that it was a song of kindness, softly warning people that they would be called into accountability someday, perhaps at the end of the world as we know it. 
This song seemed to have a strange effect on people. It disturbed them deeply. Also at that time, people felt that the song was very old and had been around for many years, like a folk song from another country. People didn't believe I'd written it because it wasn't rock music. They seemed to think of it as though it had always been hovering around in the mist of time and that simply they had only recently become aware of it. The song traveled all over the world and was translated into many different languages, not at the request of the publishing company, but spontaneously by Christians in different cultures. Even today, it seems to have a bit of a strange effect on the young people who feel they've discovered it for themselves through groups like DC Talk and local church bands. With what I would consider to be one of the most important songs of the Jesus movement from Larry Norman, here's I Wish We'd All Been Ready. Life was filled with guns and war And everyone got trampled on the floor I wish we'd all been ready Children died, the days grew cold A piece of bread could buy a bag of gold I wish we'd all been ready There's no time to change your mind The sun has come and you've been left behind A man and wife asleep in bed She hears a noise and turns her head He's gone I wish we'd all been ready Two men walking up a hill One disappears and one's left standing still I wish we'd all been ready There's no time to change your mind The sun has come and you've been left behind We now come to one of the last songs on the album called Nothing Really Changes. The song was written for a play that Larry had written called Lion's Breath, a calculated production number complete with dance and costumes. The most difficult problem in writing this song was trying to decide on 
which historical figures that were well known enough for people to be familiar with some aspect of their personality or biography and and also everything had to rhyme with et. <laughs> it took him a few months to complete it. He felt fortunate to have come up with enough characters who fit the requirement. Ben-Hur and Corvette, Kane and Bayonet, Cleopatra and Tourniquet. You'll get the idea when you hear the song. There's a saying that we learn nothing from history except the fact that we never learn anything from history. This is kind of a cyclical view from the Greek viewpoint that man doesn't change. Well, they were right, man doesn't change. But I inserted a line, uh, unless we love the Lord. That's what I don't want you to overlook in this song, is that if we love the Lord, we are not limited to what we are until the day we die. God changes all of our interests and God changes our possibilities. We're not limited 
to, to follow old patterns set up by previous generations. I'm not sure when I began to love the Lord, but I know He began to love me long before I, I figured out where some of that love was coming from. About three or four years ago, I just quit everything I was interested in because I realized I was frustrated doing things my way. And God, if you can do them a little better, it's your turn because I give up. That's kind of how it happened. Larry Norman, and nothing really changes. Wow, so true. I mean, if you've taken any time to compare Scripture with what we see happening around us today, you'd probably come to the conclusion quite quickly that nothing really changes. And do you know why? It's simply because men's hearts don't change without Christ. The same things that motivated men to commit the acts that they did in ancient times is even more true today. Abuse, abandonment, hatred leading to murder and genocide and war, betrayal, and every kind of ungodly act. Now, what do you think it would be like today if the Holy Spirit were completely removed from the world? And what do you think it would be like today if men were completely unrestrained? That day's coming according to the book of Revelation. And I suggest that now is the time to pray for more of the presence of the Holy Spirit to remain. That's probably why a lot of the music that Larry wrote was so provoking and at times uncomfortable because he realized this is not a game and the justice of God will be fully enacted someday. The songs and the music of the late Larry Norman, who, although not living a perfect life himself, certainly seemed to understand the ways of God. And many times, it really did cause an effect in his generation because people listened with their hearts. You're listening to Full Circle, and I hope you've enjoyed the featured tribute to one of the first Jesus Music Record classics, Upon This Rock by the late Larry Norman. If you'd like more album reviews or an episode featuring a particular artist, well, let me know. Write me at info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And if you'd like to hear this episode again, you'll find it in the playlist archives at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. Hey, this is Larry Norman, and you're listening to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. This is Jerry Bryant, and to close out the show, we have an extra special treat for you. It all started a little over two years ago. In October of 2007, Larry went to New York for a concert and some radio interviews. He had some free days, so he went down to New Jersey to visit his friend Bobby Emmons. Now, Bobby had worked with him at Solid Rock Records, and Larry released his band, The Crosstones, their very first album back in 1979, on his Fido record label. While he was there, he lent his vocal talents to a song the group was recording at the time, and little did anyone know that Larry's health would soon take a turn for the worst. He was soon hospitalized, and he went to be with the Lord on February the 24th, 2008, at his home in Salem, Oregon, with his family and friends present. According to his brother, Charlie Norman, this was the last vocal he would lay down in a studio setting. 
He sings with Bobby on the second and third verses and then sings the bridge by himself. (laughs) He really liked the song a lot, and I hope you all like it as well. It'll soon be available to download as a single on iTunes, Rhapsody, and Amazon. With the world radio premiere of Larry Norman's last contribution to the music world, here's the Crosstones with Larry Norman, and you gotta be saved. We're going full circle, and the message is still the same as it was when I started my first Jesus Music Radio show called Jesus Solid Rock in 1972. The message was, you gotta be saved. There's no other way to God than through His Son. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Written by Russell Baum and engineered by Jeff Kane. Full Circle is a JSR production. This is Full Circle.